0: the following sermon is brought to you by new covenant community church a bible-based church located on route 62 east of johnstown ohio to learn about new covenant community church visit www.new-covenant.org again that is new-covenant.org now enjoy the message please be seated in god's house this morning i'm so glad that you're all here together we're going to be hearing from one of our very own, uh, Kyle Springer, who will be joining me in just a moment up here at the front, and uh, just thankful that you're all here together and thankful for Kyle. It's certainly not something that, that a preacher takes lightly, or at least they should not take lightly of entrusting the pulpit. I believe that that's something that I will stand before God and be spiritually responsible for, so it's, uh, it's only something that I would entrust to someone who I am convinced has submitted their life to the authority of God's Word. And is led of his spirit to see that his word, to see that Jesus' gospel is preached. And uh, so for that reason, I'm very excited to welcome our very own Kyle Springer. Would you please help me welcoming him?
1: Morning, everyone. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. I've never preached, so it's kind of kind of weird. Um in fact, if you guys want, Pastor Ben can come up here and he can just keep talking again, and I'm not going to stop him. Um, really weird, a little nervous right now, obviously, and uh, never really realized how many people were here until I start looking around, and there's, there's a lot of people here, uh, so um, I would do what I can. Uh, me and my wife, Julie, we've been coming to the church here for about a year now. Um, I've known Pastor Ben here for uh, a couple years, I'm, I'm really not all that great with dates, and you can ask my wife about that; she'll tell you. Um, but I've known him. I kind of told him, told him when I first met him, my, my idea of getting into ministry. And uh, and then, long story short, he this past year since we've been here, he he started talking to me, and I kind of, eh, you know, I, I don't know about ministry. I think I uh, I don't know. Never really gave him the right answer, and he brought it up again, and a couple other times after that. And then he decided, or I guess God decided for him, that he was going to start walking through the Book of Jonah and uh god really really started working on me god really started uh convicting me there and uh called him to the house he came out and uh we just he talked and he goes well i guess uh one of the first things to do was when are you going to preach so he uh uh picked a date and uh me in my typical fashion i i procrastinated i put it off as long as i possibly could and uh, uh should have done that because regardless of what I what I wanted or how how more I kept putting it off it it didn't matter I'm still up here today so like I said really weird but uh we'll make it uh we'll make it through so if we could let's just bow our heads and uh and go ahead and pray and then we'll get into it dear God uh I appreciate this opportunity I I appreciate this time God I I thank you for your goodness God I thank you for your grace I I thank you that that you have goals for people, God, and and that you you will get that out of them. Um, thank you for this time. Thank you, thank you for these people that are here, God. I just ask now that that you'll be with all of us. You'll you'll convict us of sin that's that's in our life, God. Areas that needs to change, God. I ask that that you'll just convict us with the the utmost seriousness here, God, to where we have to change, God, because we cannot take the conviction anymore. Um, I ask that you'll. You'll be with me. God, you'll guide me. Just get me out of the way. Um, calm me down as well, please. But just, God, get me out of the way and just use me just, just as your mouthpiece. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I I kind of debated I in, in a month and a half time that I talked to Pastor Ben. I put together like three or four different sermons. and It was just something. Something really just wasn't coming out right. So I started thinking about it, started praying, and, and God really told me that, I needed to be preaching on pride, so that's that's what I'm going to be uh, going to be preaching about today. And the title of the message is going to be "Rooting Out the Pride in Your Life." Now, I talked to Pastor Ben here. Um, uh, it's been uh, it's probably a month ago. And ser- titles of things kind of bother me. I'm a I'm a, more of a paper writer, which just comes easy because all you do when you come up with the title of the paper is you just pull the first first sentence of that paper and just slap it up there. There's a title. So. Um, so coming up with the title, so I spent, I spent a lot of time just praying about the title, because it's, I needed something, and, and the root out the pride in your life, I'll tell you, it just, it really came to me, and this all of a sudden, you know, it was like God stepped in, and kind of, okay, Kyle, you know, here, here's what I want you to call it, and, you know, Pastor Ben's going over the, the root thing, and, and we got the root in there, but it's neat to me, maybe not to anyone else, but it's fine, I kind of find it interesting, but So, like I said, we're going to talk about pride, and I feel like for the past year, we've really gotten a good look that pride really controls a lot of the world. Um, We know just from this COVID stuff, you know, we we have these experts, the scientists, they're the people that you listen to. If you don't listen to them, it's because you don't know what you're talking about. These these are the individuals who are puffed up because of their degrees, because of their uh, credentials. We've got cancel culture seems like it's really going around like crazy. Um, These people who sit around... uh, and if, if they don't agree with your opinion, if they don't like your opinion because maybe it kind of hurts their feelings, well, you know, we get, we got to shut you down. I can't take that. My feelings are right. My thoughts are right. Yours are wrong. Time for you to be quiet. It's this LGBTQ, uh, whatever other letters are after it, um, you know, that's, that's going around as well. And, and, and there's this whole trans, uh, transgender issue to where I feel like I'm a, I'm a woman. So that's just how I'm going to start identifying or I feel as a man that's how I'm going to start identifying and, and regardless of what the Bible has to say about um, gender and the differences between men and women and, and what science even has to say about it well it doesn't matter because that's just how I feel um, we can look to abortion it seems like that's kind of taken off just really here in the past couple of years of you, you've got people doing adult things end up end up getting pregnant and well this, this kid I can't have a kid you know I'm, I'm too young for it myself, so it's not right. It's not fair to me that I have to be taking care of this individual. So naturally, their uh, their solution is just well, kill the kid, and that's it's it's all right. We can justify it. So pride's been pride's been around for years, um, and there's a real problem. What makes it a problem is when it starts really affecting us as Christians. Um, so I've listed here just a couple a couple different reasons, um, about, about pride and the the problem with it. And the first one is that it's not necessarily just one sin, but it causes many other sins. So it's not like, say, for example, um, you know, if, if we lack the self-control, self-control, it's going to lead us towards other, uh, down other roads. But if we begin looking at the pride that we have in our lives, we're going to say, okay, I'm prideful. I feel like I deserve certain things. There are certain things in my life that I need, that I want, that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out and, and get. And we're not going to rely on God to get those things. Because of that attitude of I'm going to get what I want, that's going to begin to lead us towards other sins. There's um, a whole, whole, slew of, whole slew of sins that uh, that is going to lead us into. So the problem with pride is it causes number of different sins. Uh the second reason, the second uh problem with it is that it puts us in the place of God and it causes us to glorify ourselves. So we can look at Acts 12, the example of of King Herod who who went out and he he gave this speech, and uh the people looked up at at him and said, My goodness, King Herod, he's has the voice of a voice of a God and not a man. And oh King Herod, he uh he ate that up, absolutely loved it. Um he had a uh he had an inflated ego. And uh, it says there at the the end of verse 12 that an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. Um, So we need to be careful with this pride. It's because it's robbing, robbing God the glory that he deserves. Um, The third reason here is that it really conflicts with the command for us to be loving others. So Jesus said there in uh, John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I has as I have loved you that you also love one another <clears throat> by this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another so Christ tells us that we need to be loving one another this is a this is a command or a, excuse me a direct command from Christ that we need to be loving one another well the difficulty with pride is is when we become so full of pride the only thing that we are loving is ourselves we aren't loving the world. We aren't loving other individuals. We are loving strictly ourselves. That goes against what Jesus says. So the problem right there is that it, it conflicts with the command um, to love others. And then the last reason I have is that pride is just the complete opposite of love. So if we look and I'm going to be going through a couple different verses, I'll be I'll be pulling from one text here here in a minute, but I'm going to kind of jump around right now for a minute and. Um, so, if we look at First John, uh, chapter four, verse seven, uh, seven and eight, and then verse eleven, uh, it says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If God so loved us, we ought to, we ought to also love one another." So, it says here in First John that. That the very definition of God is love. That's that's one of God's God's attributes. Is that that God is love, and because of this, because we're supposed to be emulating ourselves, because we're supposed to be acting like God, we need to have this love for one another. So, if we have pride in our life, the love that we're going to be having is going to be love for ourselves and not loving uh, loving one another. So we need to kind of figure out, well, what does this love look like? So, so if we go ahead and start figuring out what this love looks like, we can begin to, to start saying, okay, am I loving or am I, am I heading, heading towards pride? Uh, so for that, we can go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. And it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. "...is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things." So if we go ahead and take a look at that example of, of what love is that Paul tells us, it's, it's we're focusing on the needs of others, which we know that, that God, has, God has done that with us. That out of His love, He sent His Son for us. Um, God, is, God is looking at our needs. God's taking care of our needs. So the problem is, is that if we are so prideful... The needs of others just don't exist. It, it simply does not matter. And that makes it very hard as a Christian because it, it becomes hard to convince yourself, okay, why should I be sharing Christ with the world? I don't need to. I'm saved. That's all I necessarily care about. Or you know, I'm, I'm going to be selfish instead of going and donating my time at the church, helping the church. I'm just going to stay home, spend time with me, and go and do whatever it is that I want to do. And that's a real problem there. We can't, we can't be falling into that, uh, that pitfall of love. So we can look, and uh, if I kind of go back through that verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7, I kind of kind of rewrote it, but I think this will really give us a definition of what pride is, and this will also show that pride is the complete opposite of love. So pride is slow to anger and is not kind. Pride does not envy. Pride does parade itself. Pride is puffed up. Pride behaves rudely. Pride seeks its own. Pride is provoked. Pride thinks on evil. Pride rejoices in iniquity. Pride does not rejoice in the truth. Pride does not bear all things. Pride does not believe all things. Pride deserves all things. And pride will never endure anything. So pride is just the complete and utter opposite of love. So the problem that we have here as Christians is if we have areas of pride in our life, seeing as how that they are two complete opposite things, then that means love does not exist in that area of life, in our life. If love doesn't exist and God is love, that means that there are certain areas in our life that we have where God does not exist. And that is a real problem. So we need to really begin to root out the pride that's in our life because those are the areas in which we are lacking God in them. So I'm probably the only person here who has ever dealt with the issue of pride. um, But I'll tell you from experience Pride's pretty hard to get rid of, but more importantly, pride is difficult to get rid of on your own. I'm willing to even say that, that it's impossible to get rid of on your own. It is not one of those things that you could just wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm done with pride because the only problem that's going to lead to is more pride. Because Hey, look at what I defeated on my own. So this is where we need to turn to the Bible. We really do. We need God to prune it from our lives. So that means we need to submit to the authority of God. So for this, if you guys would, go ahead and t- turn to James chapter 4, uh, and we'll go over verses 7 seven and 10. Uh, I really like the book of James, I guess, where you guys are turning. I really, really enjoy the book of James. It's pretty easy to understand. I'm not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer here, but I can go through and read James, and I can I can really understand what he's saying. So I, I encourage you guys, uh, if you've not read James recently, go through and just start um, uh, start reading. It's just... It's a very practical book, and, that, and that's what I love about it. You've got James 1, where James kind of calls you on the carpet there, and he says, look, don't just sit around and read the Bible. Get out and actually do it. Do what God tells you to do. And I absolutely, absolutely love that. So uh, James chapter 4, uh, verses 7 through 10. We'll go ahead and start there at uh, verse number 7. It says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So the very first step that we need to do, and quite frankly, it's really the only step. The, the other things in here are all kind of dependent on one another. But the very first thing that we need to do is we need to submit to God. So it seems pretty easy, and I'd like to think that when James, James was sitting there, that he just kind of wrote this, submit to God, and then just kind of put the pen down, and, I mean, what more do you need from me? You know, what, what more do we need to do? But that submission is something that's very, very difficult. So if we're going to be submitting to God, that means we are need, that we need to be putting ourselves under the complete and total control of God. Which, if we know anything about pride, if anyone has ever dealt that, us prideful people... We really don't like to submit to anyone, do we? I mean, there's certain areas. We, we can look, as Pastor Ben calls it, the, the whole fire insurance where we recognize, okay, I'm, I'm not good enough to save my own self. So I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And okay, whew, now I'm good. I'm going to go to heaven. But I'm taking care of everything else here. Well, that's, that's not submission. That's not submission by any stretch of the imagination. So there's a problem there. And the problem with that is that it's that's just the pride that is inside of us. James talks about that, and we'll, we'll kind of dance around this double-minded meaning. That's what James is talking about, this double-minded um, uh, man that we are. It's, it's that old man, it's that new man, it's that old man wrestling, um, wrestling with our new man. And that's the one that, that we are trying to follow when it comes to comes to this submission. And folks, we cannot do that. So submission is us giving complete and utter total control over to god and we can we can think about it and i'm just thinking from my own life sometimes this is a daily thing of of us waking up and just submitting to god and there's other days where it is a minute by minute thing we have to keep reminding ourselves that we need to be submitting to god we need to fall under god's rule and god's constant um constant authority so like i said uh james 1 talks about uh doers of the word, not hearers only. So this is where we're going to get to the submissives. How are we going to be submissive to God? We need to understand here that each step is dependent on one another. So our prideful selves are going to say, well, there's going to be certain things that I'm willing to do um, to submit to God. And there's certain things that I'm, I'm not going to do because either one, we've we've just accepted our sins and just... That's how I am. It's, it's something that I'm, I'm just going to deal with. Or, you know, I kind of maybe like my sin a little more than, uh, more than submitting my life to God. We don't need to do that. So we can't just pick and choose some of these steps. We need to do all of them if we're going to do them. So the first one he talks about is there in, uh, in verse number seven is resisting the devil. And I'll tell you, folks, there are days that that really seems like a pretty mighty feat. It seems like a pretty big mountain that we have to go up. Um, but the beautiful thing is we don't have to do it alone. We have God who's right there with us. If you look in uh, Hebrews 4 uh, verses 15 and 16 it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but was at all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So, The problem with that is the only way that we're going to ask for help is if we recognize that we actually have a problem. And I'll tell you, in my own own life here, me recognizing that I had a problem, I knew I had a problem. My wife likes to tell me I have problems too, and come to find out, she's actually pretty right. Um, But by recognizing that I, I have a problem, recognizing that I have these issues, I can go to God it says there in Hebrews, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and uh, and find grace to help in in time of need. So we need to be going to God for this. We need to be going to Jesus for this. We need to recognize that Jesus de- defeated sin. So it's not like it's not like we're just getting somebody's opinion on. Well, you know, I'm I'm really struggling with. Uh, I'm really having lustful thoughts. So so w- what can I really do? And we have Jesus sitting around going, well, you yeah, know, I. I I don't know. No, Christ has defeated sin. So we don't need to be uh, using Christ just just when there's times where, boy, I'm, I'm in over my head. We need to be going here first thing, because that's what true and total submission uh, submission is. So we cannot be so prideful that we won't ask God for help. So we really need to learn to recognize when we need God help. So you guys, there's exit signs around the building here in you guys think about how uh, impractical exit signs really are. I mean, it's just a piece of plastic that hangs on the wall that says exit. No one really cares about it until, say, the uh, the building's burning, right? So if everything's going great, who really cares about the exit sign? I mean, in all reality, it was probably somebody who just, just came up with a, another way to go to local government municipalities and say, hey, if you guys hang these on the signs I'll be, or hang these in your buildings, I'll make money. We don't really care about exit signs. The only time we care about these exit signs or if the building's on fire or something bad that we need to get out of here. Is that what we are doing with Jesus? Are we doing that with Jesus? Are we turning Jesus into our exit sign of, well, the building's not on fire, I really don't care. I'm just gonna keep keep mulling around life um, as I need to. Or are we turning to God regardless of if there's a disaster or not? We know, hey, that's the exit, this is the way. Is that what we are doing with Christ? Because if it is, I challenge you, folks, begin to examine, begin to look into your life. Those are prideful thoughts that you have in your life where you're looking and saying, no, the only time I need Jesus, the only time I need God's help is when something bad has happened. If that's the case, folks, you really need to start examining, examining where God sits uh, in your life. The second thing that we need to be doing here is it comes from verse number eight is we need to be drawing near to God and it's, this verse is just a, a wonderful promise. Uh, it says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." I know a lot of us we kind of we kind of like the the what's in it for me thing. What what am I going to get out of this? And and I feel like God kind of addresses addresses that that part of selfishness um, in us to where He says, "Look, if you draw yourself near to Me, I'm going to draw myself to you. You work on putting your closer relationship; you're going to get the results you're going to have." that God who is closer closer to you so what exactly does that really look like if we're going to be drawing ourselves to God we need to be reading our Bibles and we need to be praying I can tell you this personally from my own life if you're not doing either one of those things your life reflects it that's just that's the reality of it your life really truly reflects it um If God is a priority, if God really is something who is valuable in your life, you're going to be taking time out of your day. You're going to be cutting into your free time to be getting into the Bible and to be reading um, or to be praying with Him. It says there uh, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the Bible isn't just necessarily this this book that we can open up and and say, well, I want to hear an interesting story. I'd, I'd like to hear how you know, some, some little man with a couple stones killed this big giant, man. That's not what the Bible's there for. Paul has written in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where he, he says that, that things are written in the Bible for us to read them. So we don't be making the same mistakes. So we're not making the same mistakes that the Israelites made. You know, he says in there in verse, uh, verse 12 that we need to watch out lest we fall. We need to be making sure that we are reading the Bible, understanding what the Bible really truly has to say. So we aren't making those same mistakes. We aren't falling into the same areas, these this, these idolatrous areas in our life. We don't need to be doing that. We need to be getting our nose in the Bible. And if the only time that we are we are hearing from the Bible is Sunday mornings, then that's a real problem. That's not a true relationship with God. So we need to commit to having this relationship with God. The second thing here is is praying. How much time are we really spend spending? daily, weekly, monthly, how much time are we really being spent in prayer? Is, is, is prayer, like I talked about this exit sign, is that the only time that we are praying to God? Or are we actually sitting around, spending time, eating eating into our free time? Are we actually spending time um, um, praying? Uh, it talks there in Philippians 4, verse uh, 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, maybe it's just me, but I need my heart and I need my mind guarded by Jesus. That's that's just the that's just the reality. When that starts happening, when I start wandering from that, I become a very very dangerous man. Um, I was in the I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and they would always say that the most dangerous individual in the world. And Wally's shaking his head because he's jealous. Um, but, uh, you know, I said the most dangerous thing in the world wasn't a Marine with a weapon, but it's a bored Marine. And I can tell you, yeah, I've seen that true because we, we do get kind of kind of stupid sometimes when we get bored. Um, it's, it's still the same way, though, with our walk, walk with God. When, when we start losing losing sight, the world starts creeping in. We begin losing sight of what's important. We begin losing sight that, that I'm not here on this earth for my comfort. I'm not here on this earth to be, to be the richest person that's ever stepped foot in Licking County. I'm not here to be the, the, the smartest man that's here in Licking County. I'm here because God put me here. We are all here because God put us here at this time for a certain reason. And that's what we need to remember. The only way we are really going to remember this is if we actually commit to having this relationship with God. If we are reading the Bible and if we are praying. And then the last step there is, is at the tail end of verse number eight, where it says, cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. So with COVID, it seems like the government just now all of a sudden decided to tell us that we need to start washing our hands. Cause I guess we didn't know that that's something that we've needed to have been doing. So I guess this is like the one point in time where we all to have the cleanest hands out of any other time. But so we need to cleanse our hands and we need to purify our hearts. We need to repent and we need to turn back to God. So we understand this, this whole um, um, cleansing your hands thing. We, we get the soap on our hands, scrub it around, turn the water on, stick our hands underneath there. All the gunk just washes down the drain. We never, never think about it again, right? The only time we go thinking about it again is when we're down underneath the sink just trying to, trying to clean the sink. That's the only time. So we have to actually be, be out searching actively for all that junk that we washed off of our hands. So, we need to wash that junk off. We need to purify our hearts. Um, does anyone know much about the water purification process? It takes, it takes a little bit of time to get it done. I'm not familiar with all the steps. I, I took a couple classes in college about it, but I, and I, I can't remember the technical names of it. But it's one of those things that takes a little bit of time. So, you get, you get all this dirty water in these big, big settling tanks, is essentially what they are. And then they just dump a bunch of chemicals in there, an the agitator goes around stirs it, all the chemicals adhere to all the junk that's in it. All the junk moves from that settling tank to another settling tank. all that junk falls off, and then it goes through a, a, a steps of, or a series of, of filters. Um, and it just keeps, keep, it just keeps um, purifying that water more and more. That's what, that's what James is telling us here is we need to purify our hearts, but we need to understand this isn't going to be necessarily an overnight process. For some of us, we've saved at a younger age. Some of us, we've we saved at a, at a later um, later age. We need to understand it's going to take time, this purification process. So we cannot get discouraged. It seems like there's a lot of people who, who think that um, you, you pray your prayer and you're good to go, life changes. Well, it doesn't. And I think you find any more mature Christian around here, they will tell you, life doesn't change immediately that quickly. Sure, there are certain... Certain things that you do give up. Uh, I work with a guy. He's not here. Um, so I work with a guy, and he, he, ended, up, um, he ended up getting saved. It's, it's probably been about a year ago. And he, he was telling me all these things that, oh, you know, I, I, I came to know Christ, and I just immediately gave these things up. And it was, well, good, good, man. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And now he's, he he didn't really give them up. I mean, in all reality, he just kind of put them on hold. We need to understand that this purification process takes time. We cannot get discouraged. And he would come into work and just uh, just some of the things that he would struggle with was just, I, I can't give this up. I don't know what to do. And I'd keep, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, I'll pray for you. You know, we'll, let's let's work on this problem together. And eventually he just, enough was enough. He, he gave back into those old desires. So we need to understand. We cannot get discouraged that purification is going to take some time. Uh, verse number nine in there kind of, kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't exactly understand what it meant. And I've, I've read James four, seven through 10, a number of different times. And this was kind of like the, the, the book of lamentations where you just kind of read and like, "Ah, I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to keep going. I read it. Um, so I actually really started, started digging into this and just kind of praying about what, what this actually means here. And, um, I believe it means that we need to be investing emotion into this relationship with God. We need to be in investing this, re- in this emotion into getting rid of the pride that's in our life. Um, the problem with pride is that we really begin to build up certain calluses to sin. Um, say, for example, uh, uh, selfishness. We reach a point where all we want to do is, is what we want to do. That callousness begins to build in our own life to where we don't necessarily care so much about what others have to think or what others have to um, to say, and that's a problem as a Christian because, like I said, again, how are we going to go out? How are we going to be witnessing? How are we going to be telling the world about God if we don't have that emotion in there? If if we are concerned well, what other people have to say um, about us, it's 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 just not going to happen. Do we need to make sure? And I, I can tell you, like I said, I've, I've dealt with pride before and I'm still dealing with pride in my life. This emotion really is a giant factor of this. I'm, I really don't show a whole lot of emotion. Um, if sarcasm is an emotion, then I guess I do. But I, I don't, I'll laugh, I'll joke around, but that's pretty much it. So for me, and I think really a, a people with a lot of pride, we kind of give lip service to what the submission means. So we'll look and say, yeah, sure, I submit to you. And this was a problem I had um, when I was in the Marines to where it was, yeah, I'll do what you tell me to do. But as soon as you turn around and walk away, I'm going to do what I want to do because you're not really in charge. I'll be in charge of you to your face. But I'm not going to be in charge when, um, when you're gone. That's, that's me undermining. That's the pride. I know what's going best for me. And I'll tell you, it's hard to have a relationship with God when you don't have that emotional connection. I would I would venture to say that it's it's quite impossible. We need to have that emotional connection with God. We need to really feel sorry, and that's and that's what James is saying here: this lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and enjoy to gloom. Get that emotion in there and invest it. It's Christianity, following Christ, this personal relationship that we have. It's not an all all emotional journey. I'm not saying that by any means. It. it but we need to actually feel sorry for what we've done it's just a, it's more than just a matter of us saying that yes God I'm, I'm sorry you know forgive me now I'm going to go back to what we need to do we need to really be investing this emotion um, into it and then the last thing here this, this tends to be more of a <clears throat> more of a promise um, it comes from verse number 10 where it says humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up now that's I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like James kind of slipped this one in here. This, this is for the, the, the prideful individuals who say, okay, well, God says submit. I'll submit to certain areas, but I'm not necessarily going to submit to other areas of my life. That's not total submission, but, but I can understand there's bad areas of my life that need to submit to God. James goes, no, here, tell you what, I'm just going to leave out all the questions. Um, you just need to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Well, as a prideful person, it makes it kind of hard because he's telling me, I need to be humbling myself in the sight of the Lord. Well, that's kind of odd. Because if you're prideful, you tend to be a people pleaser, right? Whether you're either pleasing the people who are around you, or you're pleasing yourself, the one person. James is going, no, no, no. That's not what you need to do. You need to be humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord. So we need to be focusing on these standards, these rules that God has has given us. And the way I kind of think about this is which makes sense in my mind is and Pastor Ben even brought it up uh, Psalm 100 talks about make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Um, It's going to sound really mean. I'm saying it anyway though but there's some of us who just really can't sing. Um, You know, it says it's a joyful noise. God's definition of of a joyful noise and mine are just two completely different things. And I'm not saying I have the voice of an angel by by any means but what I'm saying is Singing just don't don't quit your daytime job. Um, But it doesn't matter. You know, we, we step back and we look at that and say whether I can sing well or I not or I don't or I can't. I'm giving God the praise. I'm giving God the glory. I don't care about how I sound. I'm singing every single note. I'm singing every single word, and I'm giving God the glory. That's what James is saying here is humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Don't worry about what other people have to say about you in following God. Don't worry about that. Your concern right now is where you fall with God. That's what you are doing, the sight of the Lord. You need to humble yourself um, in the sight of the Lord. And then verse uh, verse number 6 there in James chapter 4, it kind of gives us more of a reason To be humble, Um, it says. But he gives more grace. Um, Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I've I've lived for 33 years um, already, and I'm just now beginning to understand what Paul talks about, um, where where God was giving him the grace. Um, I need that grace. I definitely need that grace. I need that grace on a daily basis. I need that grace on a on a minute by minute basis. It's it's not that that we are abusing that grace but it's we need it all all of us are sinners here um, the the world is it seems like the world is just out to get us but I I work a job I work 40 50 hours a week sometimes and um, you start thinking about the time that I spend working the time that I spend around a uh, uh, worldly individuals it starts coming into my, even my own head you know I've got an hour and a half to and from from the job site each day so I Three hours of sitting around in a truck, but I'm working for seven hours, nine hours some days. And I'm only getting three hours to myself where I can be where I can uh, be thinking about God or I can be watching sermons, listening, listening to sermons. I guess I'm listening to sermons since I'm driving. Um, Hopefully. Um, But, you know, spending that time. We we have time with God. Um, We're spending time with God for very, very few amount of times. We need to really make that count. So we need that. We definitely need that grace. Um, And then finally, if there's any unsaved individuals here, I want to ask, are you unsaved because of the pride that's in your life? Is it because you're thinking, well, I'm going to reach God my own way? Is it because there's certain sins that you're just not quite willing to give up? You just don't want to give them up. You don't have to give them up. Or is it because you think that, that you know that the Bible can't be right? You've, you've put a certain amount of research into it, and despite what other scholars have had to say, it doesn't necessarily matter. You think that the Bible is wrong. Um, I want to challenge you now, if that's the pride that's in your life, that needs to be gone. Because you're, you're keeping yourself uh, uh, from eternity in heaven with Christ um, towards punishment punishment forever so that's it i know it's not the right way to end it but that's how i'm ending (laughs) i'm sorry
0: (laughs) if you would all stand together with me as we prepare to worship thank you kyle for Rightly dividing the word of truth, brother. Appreciate you and love you very much. Father in heaven, I pray that when we do gather, when you gather your flock together like this, there is so much that changes when we survey you, Lord. When we turn our eyes away from our inwardness, when we turn our eyes away from the things that we have experienced this past week, when we gaze upon you, when we consider your majesty and mercy and grace and power and love and all the other ways that we could describe you that barely even scratch the surface of your nature, Lord, when we survey those things, There's a lot of things in our lives, Lord, that just don't survive. Pride being one of them, Lord. We are, we are undone. We're reminded that this boldness that we can even have to go before you, it's because of your son. It's because of the sacrifice of another. It's because of the righteousness of another, Lord. So the pride falls off, and the fear falls off, and the anxiety falls off, and this rat race in which so many are in today, it begins to fall off, Lord, and that's where we find peace. So, Father, thank you today for the preaching of your word. Guide us in this time as we pray, worship, and sing together being reminded that the the prideful, that the exalted will be humbled, and that the humbled will be exalted by you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.